Amen. The psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Honey, there's benefits in being a part of the kingdom of God. There's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's healing. There's salvation. I feel it this morning in this place. If you have not received what you desire, or if you have not tapped into what you think God has for you, there's plenty more in the building. I want to get everything God has for me today. If I, if I put forth the effort to be here, I want to get all that God has for me. I believe the Lord is going to help us today on this journey to become more like Him. The book of Acts chapter number 8 will be the location of our reading this morning. What a wonderful time we've been having in revival. Thankful for everything that the Lord has done in your life. And, um, you know, there's never been a day that the Word of God can't speak to me. I heard one guy said it like this. He said, I've never heard a sermon that I couldn't get something out of, but I have had some close calls. It'll always speak to you. It's just whether or not you want to listen to what he's saying. Amen. Verse 26, Acts chapter 8. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go now, or go near, and join thyself to this chariot. Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. I preached this morning, by the help of the Lord, the link between revelation and transformation. There's a link between revelation 
And what, that's what God's trying to do throughout this service is give you revelation of who He is and transformation. That's walking out of here different than what you came. And I believe if we'll hear the word of the Lord, we'll all be able to respond today and see exactly what God has for our life. If you believe it, would you lift your hands with me this morning and say, Lord, I want you to speak to me today. Lord Jesus, upon every heart, upon every mind, upon every circumstance, upon every heartache, I want the Holy Ghost to come in here and do a divine work. Lord, we invite your presence so real and so strong in this place. We thank you for what you've already done, but we know, Lord, that there is more that you desire to do. Give us open minds and open hearts. Let us respond to your word. We thank you for it. And everybody claps their hands unto the Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated today. The link between revelation and transformation. It doesn't take much acknowledging or much insight or much intellect. You live in this world to wake up and live one day and you will see that the lostness of humanity is becoming more and more evident as each day passes. People try to fulfill their purpose through the realm of human resources only to find themselves emptier than when they started. People, whether they realize it or not, desire acceptance and affirmation. You may not even realize that that's what you're trying to achieve. But it's embedded in the hearts of who we are. And people will go to great, through great lengths to try to fulfill that void, fill that void and fulfill that desire. The problem, though, is where they go to find it. Some people go to pills, some to alcohol, some to promiscuity, some through abusive relationships, uh, some through bad, uh, bad circumstances. And they, they go through all of this stuff, and they're trying to fill the void that's in their heart. They don't know the reasoning behind their feelings. The reason that people feel that void, and they feel that lack of affirmation or that lack of acceptance can be traced all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When man disobeyed and man was expelled from the garden, that created a void because there was that absence of God in their life. That void is not going to be filled by anything that you see with the human eye. It's not going to be filled through the tangible. It's not going to be filled through what you can do uh, on your own. The void that humanity has in their life uh, can only be filled uh, by God. That acceptance, that affirmation that we desire only can be filled uh, by God. Humanity has constantly, since the Garden of Eden, has constantly been on a journey for affirmation and acceptance. You see, life as we know it today is so different than what God originally intended for life to be. This life that we live, although you could call it a blessed life, and we are blessed, but this is not. Even the best that we can do on our own is not what God intended for humanity. The beauty of the Garden of Eden, the innocence of God's prized possession, 
the splendor of his creation, all of it was marred by the act of disobedience. The earth no longer yielded its best. The nature of wildlife changed, causing what was once tame animals to turn into ravaging beasts. But the most tragic was God's handiwork. The apple of his eye was banned from his presence, was banned, kicked out of the garden on a journey to find redemption. People, whether they realize it or not, are trying to be reconciled back to God. They're trying to find their purpose. How can I find redemption? How can I escape the clutches of my problems and step into the freedom that God has for me? These questions and many more have raced through the minds of countless individuals, all in an effort to be who God has called us to be, to be who God has designed us to be. Let me just put this out there. Whether you think somebody won't change or not, I'll go ahead and answer the question, they won't change. You look at people and say, well, they must not want change. They keep going back to that. They keep doing this. And and No, 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 they won't change. They're just trying to figure out how can I get change. Don't, Don't judge them prematurely. I don't know anybody that enjoys living a horrible life. I don't know anybody who is delighted to wake up in agony. Not remembering what happened the day before. Not knowing how they got there. Not knowing why they're in there. I don't know anybody that enjoys that. Embedded in everybody's heart is a desire to be better. To to walk a different life. To be who God called us to be. People do want change. People do want transformation. People do want to escape the clutches of who they once were. And step into who God calls them to be. Contrary to the opinions of some, God is not some angry tyrant waiting to send punishment from heaven to those who offend him in any way. There's a misconception in some people's minds that God is a God full of holding lightning bolts in each hand. And he's waiting for somebody to mess up so he can strike them. That's not who God is. That, that theory, that misconception, it was birthed in the sea or in the soil of someone's heart that is disillusioned because of pain in their past. And they point fingers at God and say, this is, a, this is, a, this is the God that, why would you serve a God like this? Look at, look at everything that happened in my life. You think if God loved me, God would do that. No, no, I'm going to tell you, I can, I can describe God in three words. God is love. That's a biblical definition of who God really is. What air is to us, love is to God. If if, if air would cease in your body, you would cease being. And if love was removed from God, then God would dissolve into nothing. It is the DNA of who God is. It's impossible. It's impossible to remove love from God. That's that's his genetic makeup. And God, because he loves us so much, he is constantly trying to draw us to him. 
He's constantly trying to pull us to his direction. Of our own accord, we are usually trying to run from God. But God says, I'm not going to give up on you because I see so much in you. I see so much potential in you. And I'm trying to pull you to a place where I can show you all of my glory. Let me pause here and tell someone today, it's not God's will for you to live a hopeless life. It's not God's will for you to be bound by chains of yesteryear. It's not God's will for your mind to be tormented from things that happened a long time ago. But it is God's will for you to walk in the power of His Spirit, for you to be transformed today, for you to be made whole in His presence. It is God's will. You have to believe and you have to make up in your mind that today is the day that I leave changed. Yeah, the evidence around me might speak differently, but honey, change starts in your soul, in your heart, in your mind. Change starts with you. You have to believe with me that God has a new start, that God can turn your life around, that God can do a mighty work in spite of all of the mess-ups that you may have had, that God can do it. He wants to, he wants to reveal. See, that's the root word for revelation is reveal. He wants to reveal something great in your spirit. He wants to reveal a, a revelation is basically an awakening in your mind. It's when the light bulb goes on. Boom. It's, it's, it's coming to the realization of who God is and what he wants to do in your life. Because revelation leads to transformation. You cannot step into transformation without walking through the threshold of revelation. If you don't know who he is, if you don't understand the, the sovereignty of God, then you have no clue what he can do. You have to get the revelation of who God is. Matthew chapter 16, we find Jesus walking with his disciples. And he says, whom do men say that I am? Some say John the Baptist, Elijah, or Jeremiah. But he saith unto them in verse 15, Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, that's a revelation. This was not something that, that you studied or you had human knowledge. This was a revelation. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Understand with me this morning, this is my opinion, that the rock was not referring to Peter. In other words, he was not going to build his church upon Peter because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the foundation. But the revelation, or rather the rock, was referring to revelation. What Jesus could be saying is this. My kingdom will be established upon the 
principle of people getting the revelation. Because once they understand who I am, they take one step towards me. They obey. You understand that there is a a one-two to revelation. There is revelation, obedience. Revelation, obedience. You cannot go to the next level of revelation until you yield and heed to the first revelation through obedience. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to establish this thing upon the concept of revelation. They're going to understand who I am. When they understand that I'm their Savior, that I'm the one that changes their life, they're going to respond accordingly. When they understand and they get the revelation that I am the way maker, that I am the healer, and on and on and on, everything you do is because you got a revelation. The revelation. God's desire is still the same today. And that is to reveal himself to every single person. It's God's desire to show you. Even as you're sitting here this morning, God is speaking to circumstances in your life. God is telling you, I'm the one that can turn that around. I'm the one that can heal. I'm the one that can save. What do you think's happening, preacher? I tell you what's happening. God's trying to give revelation. God's trying to plant a seed into your spirit. We see today in this text that there was a man of great authority, an Ethiopian eunuch. He served under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He had charge of all of her treasures, and he went on this journey to worship in Jerusalem. He was sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah. Understand, we can, we can draw the conclusion here that this man, he had a level of belief. He went to worship. He was, he was devout if you please. But see, you can be devout and still be without. You can, you can go through the motions, but never act upon everything that God's trying to put in your spirit. And here we find a man who did everything. He was going to church, if you please. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing, but there was a void in his heart. There was something missing, and he was searching for that. Unbeknownst to him, God was drawing him. And Philip Asked him, do you understand? And he, he said, how can I except some man should guide me? Understand what he was really desiring was he needed a revelation. He, he, needed, to, he needed something to click in his mind. He needed everything to make sense. And the Bible said that Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture. Watch this. And he preached unto him Jesus. You see, everything begins and ends with Jesus. You say, preacher, you can only preach one thing the rest of your life. Well, I'll preach Jesus because everything we need can be summed up in one word. Honey, we don't need more therapy. We don't need more counseling. We don't need to read more self-help books. You don't need to go ask your friends anything else. If you can just get the revelation of Jesus, he's a soul saver. He's the heart mender. He's the peace speaker. Yes, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Everything you need is in Jesus. Philip didn't hop up in that buggy and start telling him how to make every day a Friday. He didn't tell him three steps to financial success. He didn't start telling him his own theory of how to restore a broken life. 
He said, I'm going to preach Jesus because if you can get the revelation this morning of who Jesus is. There's a lot of controversy in the religious world about who the identity of God. And there are people are hung up on whether or not there's one or there's two or there's three or if there's a God at all. And the lines have been blurred. About who God really is. You gotta see, you gotta see the Lord. You gotta get that revelation of who you can never step into what God has until you understand who He is. You gotta understand that the key point in Christian theology has always been the incarnation. That's been the subject of debate for many years. And and let me let me help you. In the incarnation, God became what He was not yet remain what he already was. You say, well, well, how is that possible? Well, when I was born, I, be, I became a son. Now, I lived in that role for many years until I got married, and I became what I was not, a husband, yet I remain what I already was, a son. And when we had children, I became what I was not, a father, and I remain what I already was, a husband and a son. So you see, it is entirely possible for Jesus Christ to be God in the flesh and not change his identity. That's why the writer said, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's why the scripture says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So I can stand this morning and tell you, everything you need is in Jesus. Everything you need is in Jesus. This divine God spoke these words, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. He went on to say, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. That word sound comes from the Greek word Phone. It's where we get our English word phonics or language. I recall on the day of Pentecost, there they, they, they said, How hear we every man in our own language? It was a prophetic fulfillment from a divine God who said when the Holy Ghost comes on you, it's not going to be that you just accept it. It's not going to be that you sign anything for it. It's going to be evident because there's going to be a sound or a language that comes out of you. And that is the revelation of who God is being fulfilled. Only Jesus makes God knowable. Only Jesus makes sin remittable. It makes temptation resistible, joy obtainable, heaven reachable, Christianity practical, and holiness possible. Everything begins with Jesus Christ. In his quest for transformation, the eunuch first had to receive divine revelation. You see, revelation alone doesn't change you. 
knowing what to do. I know how to lose weight. We all have knowledge of it. Knowing what to do and doing what you know are two different things. And there are a lot of people that sat in services after services or maybe in your own prayer time and God has been speaking to you. If you'll just surrender everything to me, if you'll just just take your hands off it, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just make your way to me, I can turn it around. I can change your life. I can Knowing what to do is not enough. Having the revelation is not enough. There is a link between revelation and transformation. You see, revelation is God's part. Transformation is God's part. But there's a part in between that's our part. And that's activation. That's when you take what God put inside of you. And you take that revelation and you say, you know what, God, I'm going to put feet on my faith and I'm going to move into the realm of transformation. I'm going to act upon what God wants to do in my life. Activate. You've got to act upon that revelation. It's not enough just to know. It's not enough for the preacher just to preach and for you just to hear. That does nothing for your soul. That does nothing to change your life. Let me tell you when change happens, when you have enough faith to say, you know what? I heard it. I believe it. And I'm going to receive it. And you step out in faith. And your faith drives you to the arms of God. You've got to act upon the link between revelation and transformation is activation. There's plenty of people that missed out on what God has. Not because God didn't want to do it, but because they never acted upon it. They never responded. They never moved. Let me tell you, we always want the supernatural in our life. You've got to divide that up. There's a super, and that's God's part, and there's a natural, that's our part. But if you'll respond... If the, if, you, if the natural will do what the natural can do, God says, I'll do what I can do. But there's a, we, we, want, we want instantaneous change and not have to do nothing. No. We know how to get ourselves in the mess, but we want everybody else to try to help get us out of the mess. No. God says, I need you to surrender. How do you surrender? By going to God and saying, God, I, I can't do this by myself anymore. I need change in my life. I need your strength in my life. I need help in my life. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. That sounds like a church service. Watch this. But the word preached... Did not profit them, not because they didn't hear it, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They heard it, but they didn't mix it with faith. See, faith is the active ingredient to your miracle. You go to, you go to a store and you go, you go look at uh, any type of chemical, whether it be Roundup or uh, anything, you know, chemical. If you read on the bottom, there's always an active ingredient. Active ingredient. You, in other words, if this element is missing, you're not going to get what you should get. And faith is the active ingredient in our life. Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For He 
that cometh. That's activating. He that cometh to God, watch this, must believe that he is. That's revelation. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's transformation. But you can't get transformation without activating and making your way to God. Faith. You have to let your faith move you into the realm that God desires. You know, I've, I've, gone, I've gone up to these restrooms before, and they have, I, I like the old-time crank paper towel things. You can get a mile's worth if you want, if you need it. But now they got this fancy stuff. And it's, you got to sit here and you do this. And then you back up because you might be too close and you do this. All you want is a paper towel. Just put them on the counter. But you can't get what you, what you really want without putting a little motion. Because it's motion activated. And that's what your transformation is. It's motion activated. You're not going to get what God has until you say, you know what? I'm tired of being bound. I'm tired of being held captive. I'm tired of the heartache. I'm tired of the pain. I want what God has. But you're not going to get it just sitting there. you got to step out and receive. Come on, stand with me this morning. If you believe it, clap your hands and worship the Lord. God's got transformation. God's got power. God's got joy. God's got what your heart desires this morning. It's here. It's here. It's here. Somebody say it's here. I'm telling you everything you need. God has been speaking to you throughout the throughout this service saying if you'll just trust me. If you'll just make your way to me. If you'll just respond to me. I'm the one. We can make a mess of things on our own. But God says if you'll have enough faith today to act upon what you feel in your heart. Don't just leave knowing what you would, could have happened. It's not a coincidence you're here this morning, ma'am. In fact, if you read this, you'll see the beauty of the miracle. Once he got the revelation, the Bible says he stopped and said, See, here is water. It looks so simple when you read it. But you've got to remember where they were. They were in a desert. And I don't know of many lakes in the desert. Could it be that God says, I'm fixing to test how bad he wants what I have for him? Could it be that while the word was being preached, God said, I'm going to make opportunity to test the power of a revelation? And could it be this morning that God knew before you woke up today, I'm going to create an atmosphere. I'm going to create an environment that I can test how bad they won't change. I'm going to see how bad they want me to move in their life. Ladies and gentlemen, what God has created this morning is an opportunity for him to minister in your life, for him to change your life, for him to fill you with the Holy Ghost, for him to set your mind at ease today. 
tongues lifted all over the building, I want you to begin to get your hearts ready. I'm telling you, the Lord has spoken very plainly. And we are not waiting on God for anything. But God is looking at us. And He is saying, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want God to turn your life around? How bad do you want God to step into your situation? How bad do you want God to restore the confidence and humanity that you have lost? How bad do you want God to do it? We're fixing to put, we're fixing to put our faith in motion this morning. Everything you need can only be received when you act upon it and you reach out to God. I wonder this morning if you've got your hands in the air and you're ready for what God has. Why don't you step out of your pew and make your way down to this altar? I'm telling you everything that God has promised you is available this morning. Everything that God has spoken, if you need the Holy Ghost, if you need restoration, it is here. If you need strength, it is here. Oh, God, come on, let your faith drive you out of an altar, out of a pew into the arms of God. Everything you need is here this morning.